If you're listening to this message, that means that you're listening to this episode of NXT Talk away from the usual home of the SNME radio patron feed. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to become a patron for Sunday Night's Main Event at patreon.com slash SNME radio. For more than 20 years, wrestling radio has dominated the Sunday Night Airways in Canada with its origins rooted deep in the wrestling radio pioneer program, The Law, live out of your wrestling. Sunday night's main event continues that long-standing tradition hosted by Jason Agnew and weekly guests including his longtime wrestling partner, Dan Lavransky. Sunday night's main event is a weekly two-hour radio program broadcast all over Canada on iHeartRadio and TSN radio stations including TSN 690 Montreal, News Talk 610 in the GTA, News Talk 1290 London, TSN 1260 in Edmonton, and so much more to come. The Patreon gives you extensive coverage in the wrestling world, including a Raw review that watches the show so you don't have to, an AEW Dynamite review, a Friday Night Smackdown review, and this show, NXT Talk. All this content and so many more extras, which is basically one wrestling show a day, is all yours for $4 a month. That's $1 a week. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash radio. One last thing, if you like what you're hearing be sure to leave a review on this feed, the It's Canon Podcast feed. The It's Canon Podcast is a weekly, two-show-a-week pop culture and geek show where we chat all things geek, all things pop culture. Make sure to subscribe for extra pop culture, geek, and wrestling content. Well, without further ado, here's your preview to NXT Talk from June 15th, 2021. Regardless, thank you for listening. We are the Young Guns, and the show is NXT Talk. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, we're back in person, live and in living color. It's nice. Feels good, buddy. Nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you too. Feels good, man. It, It really does feel good. Feels a little different, but uh, yeah, we're we're doing our thing, watching some basketball after watching some NXT on this fine Tuesday evening. Yeah, I just realized I'm wearing a Brooklyn Nets Brook Lopez shirt, so I'm kind of I'm kind of straddling the fence on this one. The Nets are playing the Milwaukee Bucks, where Brook Lopez currently plays, so that's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> hey, all right. So on this show, we're going to recap. Analyze, review NXT TV from June 15th, 2021, which featured all of the fallout from NXT TakeOver in your house. We're going to be chatting some NXT UK in NXT UK Corner, and they're going to close the show by giving you results of our pick contest from NXT TakeOver in your house. And we're going to give you our picks for Hell in a Cell on Father's Day. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I have zero relationship with my own father. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, that, that, that's not in my life, Father's Day. But, hey, that's cool. Shout out to everyone who, uh, you know, uh, loves their dad and has that going on in their life. Hellular and a cellular. Very, very good. Um, 
Yeah, so how are you today, friend? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a crazy few days. Like, absolutely crazy in a good way. Um, interesting weekend yet again. Uh, okay, I have a story for you. It's a fun story. So, on Friday night, here in Ontario, the bars, patios are open. Yeah, as of midnight, right? Yep, midnight on Friday. So, on Thursday night, some patios opened. Yes. Anyways, so... My initial thought was, eh, I don't care, whatever. It's going to be crazy, whatever. But, you know, it's me. Um, Rambunctious young man, as it were. A young gun. A young gun, as they say. (laughs) Um, So, I have a friend. She owns a bar. And uh, she just messaged me saying, hey, come by. Uh, Just come by for a drink. It'll be fun. I'm like, okay, sure. Nice. let's, 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 Let's see this. Invite you. You... Bravely and intelligently said yeah, no. I turned it down. I swatted it down again, like a young Dikembe Mutombo, perhaps like a young Joel Embiid. Yeah, I'm just like not on day one. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I, I'll I'll take a I'll, I'll find a patio soon. I'm sure. I'm not trying to party poop, but yeah, I was yeah I'm not, not feeling it on Thursday evening. I had to work Friday. Friday. Yeah, Friday. I, had, I had to work Friday and Saturday. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So I end up going at uh, so Friday evening. Spend the night on our little uh, patio thingamajiggy. With Matt, with one of my friends, watching the Jays game, having great Jays debates and sports debates, fun times. And then, you know, as the beer flows, it's just like, okay, okay, let's go. So we end up at my friend's bar. As soon as I walk in, I'm at the bar just uh, waiting for a beer. Yes, an adult beverage. An adult beverage, as they call it. Indeed, yes. Chicken juice. (laughs) Is that what they call it? No, I don't know. I think it's an adult beverage. Anyways, so, waiting for a beer, and then all I hear is the GM say, it's the young gun. I'm like, oh, dear God, no. Oh, no. Yeah. He's a patron. Oh, he listens to the show. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's good. There you go. (laughs) Well, I hope hope he's listening right now. Same here, and I'm pretty sure he is. But, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, But, yeah, so, it was was funny because, like, some of his friends were there, also wrestling fans, and we were just talking a little bit of wrestling oh, nice. for a little while. This is, That's always this, good. Just getting cranked, talking some wrestling with actual human beings. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, yeah it was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, right? It's been a while, man. Holy crap. But yeah, so that was uh, Friday. And then, what did I do Saturday? Oh yeah, Saturday I just went to a friend's back patio, and it was just like four of us just hanging out. Dope, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. Got to get some of that in myself. It was... Uh, yeah, my uh, my roommate had a couple buddies over. We were hanging out and uh, went to you know play some soccer in the in a local park, which was really dope. And uh, yeah, they went to play basketball today, but I was actually passed out. I, I took one of those naps where you want it to be forty five minutes, and then four and a half hours later, you're just wow. like, oh my god, like you wake up with a stomach ache. But I feel great now. That's called a sleep, not a nap. <laughs> yeah, I think four and a half hours is a sleep. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> I got some, uh, yeah, touched on some REM there. I feel like I had a dream that I now forget. Anyway, yeah, man, sports are going well. Life is good. The world is restarting. And uh solid episode of NXT tonight. Yeah. So, man, a lot of people really didn't like Sunday show. I was surprised about the negativity. But you know what? I'm at the point now where, like, a, a lot of people didn't like Nintendo's E3 rollout today, and I thought it was phenomenal. I'm super excited for Mario Party. I've seen nothing but hate for it online. People are just going to bitch online. That's what they're going to do. If I like something, I'm not going to blindly say everything's good. But if I like something, I'm not going to let people's dislike of it ruin my good time at this point. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and you know what? I I get the negativity. I get what they're saying. I understand. Take, you know, you're comparing it to all the other amazing takeovers. You're comparing it to NXT of NXT past. The bar is high. The bar is high, super high. And, you know, you're comparing it to the days where it was NXT was the alternative. Yeah, exactly. And it's not really. Now AEW is the alternative. And years of NXT have proven that it's not really even a true minor league system because it doesn't operate in the way a true minor league system does, like in sports. And we've done that rant, but... Yeah. yeah. So what is NXT but the hardcore show for hardcore WWE fans? And for people like us who just have watched every second of it basically and just love it with all our hearts and they're kind exactly. of just fans, you know? That's exactly it. You know, and, and and I get it. But tonight's show was different. You know, usually we're hovering at the five. So for the longest time we've had six matches. Yeah. Six matches. Um, and a, a couple things rushed, stuff too crammed in. We we're going to get one or two superstar-style squashes in that six-pack. Yeah, and lately we've had five matches. That's been pretty good. But I got to say, I kind of like tonight's four-match four yeah. uh, show. It gave each match a lot of time. I agree. They could have broken up the first match. It could have been two different shorter superstar squash kind of matches if they want to front-load the show with short matches. And kind of give it that like pace, that quick chaotic feel. I understand that. I would kind of be for that because I didn't really love that opening match. But you know what? All in all, I think you're right. Yeah. Overall, it's a good thing. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of Brazango whatsoever. So for me, like that first match didn't need to happen at all. But it was still a pretty good match, all things considered. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I really like the four matches. I like the promos. Um, you know, I it's kind of like the the opening promo kind of took a match away from the show. But well worth it. I'll take that trade because the opening promo was a promo of the year contender. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, but yeah, I really like this. The show had four pretty good matches, four matches that kind of told good stories. Three of the four matches um extended stories and you kind of see where things are going and you had a bunch of side promos that are setting things up for the great american bash yeah and yeah i like where that show is going i'm surprised it's so quick july 6th seems like it's gonna be longer than three weeks but hey time keeps on slipping into the future right it's crazy it's absolutely insane how fast time is going by absolutely I just realized that if uh, you know, if uh, NXT uh, Great American Bash is on July 6th, the following week is my birthday. Birthday bash. Oh, yeah. By God. By God. Anyway. Crazy. Are you going to be here? Uh, ooh, actually, might not. I actually might not. I might be in Sudbury. We might have to figure something out. But anyway. But they don't have internet in Sudbury? I, actually, they might not. Actually, <laughs> where my parents are currently, they don't have like a straight up like normal broadband but we like you have to buy like an internet hub kind of thing yeah. it's, it's that backwards i'm dead serious <laughs> such a small town there's like population 350 i'm not lying about any of this <laughs> I, oh i know i i dated someone from Sudbury. yeah it's like yeah it's even north of Sudbury. it's yeah way up there anyway love it we'll figure it out yeah if, we'll figure it out if uh we have to call on someone we'll call on someone no i i think we could yeah we'll we'll figure something out yeah anyways Let's jump into the show because there was a lot going on and we have a lot to talk to chalk chalk about. Yes, a lot to chalk about indeed. A lot to chalk about. All right, but before we do that, there is one piece of business that we do have to take care of, and that is as the young guns, we're done with star ratings. If you've listened to us before, or if you've never listened to us, we have a 
rating the jour, a themed system for our rating system. And I believe that in honor of Paul York yeah, shout from out, the message board. Shout out Paul York uh, on, the, on the Facebook uh, thread. Uh, shout out Tony Soprano, the great James Gandolfini. We're gonna go with Tony Sopranos out of five, and we'll let you we'll let you know why uh, very shortly. Exactly. So the show starts off with a rundown of NXT Takeover in your house, including the ending. That's all. Regals say it's time for a change. Then we go straight into the Capital Wrestling Center, and they are hyping the earth-shattering announcement. William Regal comes out with no music and just the Nextras chanting. Um, the crowd breaks into a "Please don't leave" chant. Regal says he has been with NXT since day one. Regal is already emotional. Regal recounts his favorite memories in NXT. Regal starts to cry. He thanks the NXT universe for supporting the brand. Regal decided that with the chaos that has been going on here, he realizes that he has given everything that he has and everything that he can and everything that he can do for the brand. Karrion Cross and Scarlet interrupt. Cross is laughing on his way to the ring. Cross says they always knew this day would come, but they just didn't know when. They had to come out here and see it and feel it for themselves. Cross asks Regal if he is crying. Cross tells Regal he is pathetic. He also says he punched a hole through Mount Rushmore of NXT. Um, Regal must know that Cross can uh, can control this place with chaos. Cross demands that Regal say he was right. Cross yells for Regal to say, Cross conquers all. This is when, this is when Samoa's Joe, Samoa Joe's music hits, and he's back. Cross looks concerned. Joe says he believes Mr. Regal wanted to speak to him. Regal said yes, but not here since Joe is, since Cross is here. Regal offers Joe the role of GM of NXT. Joe says absolutely not. Joe says he'll explain. Regal made NXT everything it is today. Joe says Regal cast a long shadow, so it would be difficult to fill to fill his shoes. Joe says he won't be the GM, but he can ensure that everyone gives Regal the respect he deserves. Regal says he will take Joe up on his offer, but has some conditions. Joe can't be an active competitor, and Joe can't lay a hand on talent unless provoked. Joe agrees, and they shake hands. Joe says that just leaves one last question. Joe gets in Cross's face and says, what are you still doing here in this ring? TikTok young champion, Cross backs off. TikTok young champion. All right, so Joe comes out looking full Gandolfini, 10 out of 10 on the Gandolfini scale, just strutting out, uh, looking like a Grand Theft Auto Vice City character. It was great. It was absolutely great. Uh, he is now officially the Tony Soprano of NXT, the the tenured, the the, the big dog waiting to become the Don yep, for us. Exactly, it's amazing. Uh, William Regal's part of this was brilliant. Promo of the year contender, a, a tearful, heartfelt, real wrestling promo. Brilliant, beautiful. It got dusty in my living room, Boris. I don't know about uh, down down here. It's a little little misty upstairs. Actual effective heel work by Karrion Cross. To actually come and interrupt such a good promo and to do basic heel stuff, but to do it at that time, it actually landed with me. I was actually like, hey, fuck this guy. I don't like him. And that's good in, in, a, in a great wrestling yeah, way. It was exactly. actually, it was good healing. They got me. I marked out. And then Samoa Joe, this was great. This was the best thing on NXT in a while. 
This was William Regal's portion of it was a promo of the year contender. Uh, not just because he cried, because it was really, really good and heartfelt and real in a business, completely lacking that these days. So this was awesome. Great, great, great stuff. A classic start to NXT. Yep. I absolutely loved it for everything you just said. And it was just the raw emotion that I absolutely love from Regal. You know, it's awesome seeing Joe back. And, you know, for once, Karrion Cross is a bonafide heel. Karrion yep. Cross does seem like an asshole. Karrion Cross is someone I want to see get their ass kicked now. Yeah, and I get like the whole thing that like he's he the reason why he's kind of like a babyface and also beating up heels is because he's just an agent of chaos and it's just anarchy and whatever. But like I like it more when he's a hardcore stone cold heel, just clear cut bad guy. This was a bad guy, and then we kind of had someone who could answer him in Samoa Joe. So I, I like this a lot. Very intrigued to see where it goes. Great stuff. Yep, exactly. I'm very intrigued as well. Like, this is really, it, it, this was a great start to, you know, and, and, and a great answer to a post-pay-per-view show where there were a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It definitely seems like, yeah, more questions have, have risen in a good way. It seems like they're building to Samoa Joe, perhaps wrestling somewhere down the line. Exactly. And, you know, you saw a lot of t- teases, you saw a lot of hints, and, you know, you you put up a funny message that, like, nowhere, no when, nowhere in the multiverse did, does anyone want to watch Cross and yeah. Joe. Yeah, like, like pros, Samoa Joe might wrestle again. That's amazing. Yes, can't wait to see it. Cons, I wouldn't rank Joe versus Karrion Cross in the top 100 of matches I want to see Samoa Joe have. Like, not close. Not even, guys, come on. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. But. You know, I would take Joe and Cole in a heartbeat, and sure. I would take Joe and Gargano. Yeah, sure. I would take Joe versus a lot of guys in NXT. I, but we'll talk about this more maybe in an episode down the road. But yeah, they, yeah there's a lot of meat on this Samoa Joe and NXT bone for sure. Kind of yep. sucks long term. I, I, I would love to see him get a WWE title run. But you know what? I, I also am 100,000 million percent in on this Tony Soprano Samoa Joe character. I love it so far yeah that's the thing like let's remember we don't know what his medical condition is we don't know if he's cleared we don't know what the deal is so you know we'll talk about this in a little bit anyways we're gonna move on we have a video from earlier today from the grizzled young veterans james drake says tonight lads tornado rules no tags no excuses zach gibson says you're gonna find out exactly why we are the grizzled young veterans tonight you're going to get your heads kicked in Good promo. They're from the streets of uh, of England. I like it. Yep. I like it. Short, to the point. Got to know them a little better. Found out what towns they're from. I, I really like this promo. Yeah, they're good speakers. And I, it was clever because they weren't going to get their promo on the way to the ring that they usually get. So it was good that they worked it in here. Yep. All right. Uh, Imperium, Aikner, and Bartel, uh, they are on their way out. Brazangle, for some reason, is on this show and already in the ring. Okay, so I like Breezango a lot more than you. I like their character work a lot more than their ring work. I would take a Breezango promo every week, honestly, much like I would Everrise, and I want to see a Breezango versus Everrise feud. I really do. I do not. Yeah, that's fine. That's You, you have no uh, love in your life or joy in your soul, and that's okay, Boris. We're all different people. No, I'm just kidding, buddy. But, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm still pro Breezango. But yeah, this is a, a, a weird match. And yeah, we'll talk about it in the rating. But this is one that I kind of think you have to make a call on. I don't think you could say this was an average match. It was, in my estimation, a bad match with a very, very clever and interesting finish that I'll remember for a long time. 
This is a bad match with an ending that we've seen a thousand times recently on NXT TV. You think? Yeah. I don't think we've seen this exact ending like this. Not the exact same that's ending. That's what I mean. Like, we, how many times have we seen the underdogs win? Well, that's fair, but that's not that's not a, that's not what I'm referring to. But you're, I know what you're referring you're to. You're completely right in that point. You are right. Yes, they're doing that way too often. Way too often. Yeah. And it's fine. Like, I, 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 here's the thing. Competitive balance, Boris. Parody in pro wrestling. 50-50 booking. Yeah, baby. Anyways. Hook it to my veins. No, don't do that. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. You, just, you see, Brazango, you know, it's kind of like Johnny Gargano. I don't mind when they're silly, silly gooses, doing <laughs> silly goose stuff. Okay. Go on. I'm, I'm with it. Um, but in the ring, when they get intense... That's fine. But Brazango is always at this 50% intense, 50% still, you know, whatever. Lucy goosey, yeah. goosey. I kind of like that steely goofball thing that they have. I don't. Okay. That's I fair. don't. That's fair. Hey, man, not everybody is for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, Wade Barrett. Great. Honestly. Great. He is the best heel I- announcer. I recently was looking at like the Wrestling Observer like ballot and kind of just you know just trying to fill in my ballot for where things are at right now. Announcer of the year, Wade Barrett, easily, easily. Most underrated, Leon Ruff <laughs> or Kenny Williams. That not that's that's related to this at all. But yeah, most uh, best announcer for sure, Wade Barrett right now. Yep, a hundred percent. Especially heel announcer, like he's doing the heel thing so well. And in this match, and you know, throughout the night, he just did a great job. Like in this match, in the women's tag match, he just, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, the announcers mentioned that Walter has been UK champion for eight hundred days. Um, <laughs> a casual, a paltry. Yep. Uh, Fandango gets his ass kicked while Breeze is waiting for the hot tag. Uh, they did go into commercial here. Pitcher in pitcher, yeah. restaurant quality. I find it weird that they gave it to this match and not literally, well, I guess there was three, no, sorry, there were two matches that had it and two matches that didn't. I find it shocking that they gave it to this one and not the two that didn't. Yeah, agreed. Just uh, just a note, you know, and of course in Canada we got to see none of them, but I did go out of my way to find a totally legal way to watch it, and it was cool, very cool, very legal. Continue. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, the crowd. Right away, you noticed the crowd was so much more hot tonight yeah. than on Sunday. Strangely, it was a better crowd than the pay-per-view on Sunday. I can't explain that, really. Maybe the pay-per-view uh, card just wasn't landing. Maybe, uh, you know, the people were tired in Tampa. Maybe. Or, or Orlando. Orlando? My bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Get your shit together. I got the lightning on the brain. Worried we're going to play him in the final. And by we, I mean Montreal. And by Montreal, I mean they're probably going to lose to Vegas. Damn it. Yep. Uh, so Brizango ran right into Imperium to open the match. Marcel Bartel threw Tyler Breeze in Fenego's way to distract him from a, the attack of Fabian Aikner. Fenego found, found himself isolated by the heels for a while. Uh, uh, Briz, uh, what's his name? Tyler Breeze? Tyler Breeze. <laughs> Jeez, boy, you really I don't, don't like, like these guys. guys whatsoever. You really just don't have any time for them. Oh, nope. man. I got- mean, maybe I'll start taking... Uh, like hardcore notes on only Breezango matches just to, just to, you know, practice just to, for that one day that you're just like, ah, I don't really take notes today. Tyler Breeze got the hot tag uh, stopped by a vicious clothesline from Aikner. Aikner leaned down to inflict more punishment. He got caught with a schoolboy somehow for a three at 10 minutes and four seconds. So for some reason, Uncle H, some booker somewhere 
decided to allow Brazango to win this match at 10 minutes and 4 seconds. So I want to highlight two things about this. First of all, there was a really cool little spot where Tyler Breeze did like a decoy dive. He like threw himself to the Wolves basically in like a plancha that both of his opponents knew they were not going to hit. And they both moved out of the way and were like, wow, that was dumb. You're an idiot. And while they were looking at Tyler Breeze on the floor splattered, Fandango came out of nowhere with a tope con uh, hero somersault. Sure. I thought that was really good and clever. That was a fun. Cool. You, you give him a chance, Boris, at least. Nah. Also, the finish to this match was great. I loved it so much. That's why I'm rating this match as highly as I am, quote unquote. So... The finish to this match was after Fandango's getting worked over and beaten and beaten and beaten. He finally makes the hot tag to Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze's hot tag consists of getting clotheslined immediately. That was all he did. He just ate a clothesline and that alone made me laugh. I was like, oh, that was a fun little twist. And then they put another twist on the twist when Tyler Breeze was lifted up and then locked in a small package and immediately won the match. So it was, in fact, a great hot tag. He got the win right away. I thought it was a very clever ending. It double fooled me. Both twists on the thing got me. And you know what? I just thought this was a fun way to end a tag team match and I will remember it for a long time. So like I said, you got to kind of make a call. I can't call it an average match. It's either above or below the Mendoza line. I think it was below the Mendoza line into the finish, which skyrocketed it to three Tony Sopranos out of five for a 60%. It's a pass. It's a C in Canada. Good job on you. Tyler Breeze, good Canadian boy. Boris is shaking his head. You are disgusted with me right now. You have no idea how angry I am with you right now. <laughs> Three stars. I wrote it down and highlighted it. Slightly above average. Twist on an old classic. Only due to the finish. In my notes. All right. <laughs> sure. Uh, after the match, Breeze tried to roll out of the ring, but got caught by the leg and dragged back in for a two-on-one beating. Fanego tried to help make the save and got wiped out. Aikner grabs the Imperium flag and both members drape it over his body like a flag on a coffin. Regular uh, Anthony Agogo maneuver here. Agogo to Imperium confirmed? Half-Life 3 confirmed? <laughs> oh, Lord. What are we on today? <laughs> I'm telling you, I got five hours of sleep in the middle of the day. I'm fired up, buddy. You are so... like. <laughs> oh, my God. What was in that peaks I gave you? <laughs> Red Bull. Yeah, problem. A little bit of cocaine. Anyway, continue. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a cocaine guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is all natural, baby. I'm not. Even, I'm, I'm sober. I'm just, you know, just on the, on the water. Um, backstage, William Regal has security trying to break up Cole and O'Reilly. Regal says Cole and O'Reilly can pick their opponents for a match next week. Cole says, Regal, what is wrong with you? I should be fighting him. They go after each other again, and Cole makes the mistake of shoving Samoa Joe in Provoking the process. Provoking him, if you will. He shoved him in the process. Joe rips his jacket off, chokes out Cole, and, and uh, Joe says, when he wakes up, you tell him Mr. Regal expects his... Th- decision loved it this is this is exactly the Samoa Joe we need and that we're gonna get for you know the next couple months while he perhaps gears up for a return to the ring so cool yeah all right uh we get a promo with a cell phone battery at one percent interesting yeah yes yeah quite (laughs) all right This is literally the worst show we've ever No, done. the best. One of the best. I think it, I think we're rolling. We'll talk more about what this might be when the, the, we see it for the second and third time. 
Sure. All right. Um, here's my favorite part of the night. That was Santos Escobar. Great. Who Great is, work. Honestly, one of the best in the biz right now. Better than Andrade. That, see, that's bold. That's just bold. Right now, yeah, because we haven't seen Andrade in a long time. And Andrade's strong suit wasn't his character work. It was always his in-ring. I'll tell you this. Santos Escobar is a better promo than Andrade. That's, and wrestler. That's not close. Wrestler is debatable. It's debatable. And wrestler. That's that's my opinion. Uh, well, that's an opinion thing, right? Uh, that's your opinion. My opinion is that your opinion is uh, patently false and categorically incorrect. And you are wrong. Uh-huh. All right, so Santos Escobar says, Bronson Reed, what happened at TakeOver was a tragedy. I had the North American title in my hands. I saw my reflection in it, and it was the most beautiful thing I had seen in my life. But you had to do it again. You didn't just squish me. You put me through a wall. Nadia me hace eso, he says. No one does that to me. I'm coming for you one-on-one. I'm going to pick you up just like I did at TakeOver. But this time, gravity will do the rest. I will be the next North American campeon. I hope he wins it. I hope he does. I hope he topples the mountain. I want to see it big time. Let's do it. Great promo again by Santos. Yet again. Yeah. And I really enjoy the fact that like he's solidifying the fact that, yes, he is the next contender. Um, I also like the fact that his uh, his capos weren't in this. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's you know, he yeah. it was just Santos Escobar. Yes. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and before people continue yelling at me, I really don't think he's better wrestler than Andrade. He's not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, Host trolling there. Yeah. Tranquilo, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Tranquilo. Uh, yes. Um, all right. It is time for the NXT Cruiserweight Open Challenge as Kashida is already in the ring checking the time. And then we find out who his opponent is. And it is Trey Baxter, formerly known as Blake Christian. Um, he used to wrestle in Impact Wrestling from in, in 2019 and 2021. Yep. Uh, born July 22nd, 1997. Lost the 2021 Super X Cup Final, actually, to Ace Austin. So he was pushed, uh, you know. And also ranked 404 in the PWI 500 last year. The kayfabe rankings. Shout out to the PWI 500. Yep. There you go. I, li- I really liked it. So we get a promo video. I absolutely... Love these. Take yeah. note, AEW. This is how you debut someone on your TV um, when no one knows who they are. Yep, 100% agree. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, this match was really, really good. It, it, it fell apart just a little bit. There was a really sloppy spot right before the commercial break. Long commercial without picture in picture. But good match for what it was. I, I thought Trey did a great job. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I believe that the commercial actually, it's one of those matches where the commercial just ruined the pacing yep. and the fun of the match. And unfortunately, I knew we were going to go into commercial because Kyle O'Reilly goes on stage and he's checking things out. Kind because if trope. you recall, Regal said, you guys, Cole and O'Reilly, pick your opponents next week. Yeah, kind of a trope in wrestling, when, especially on, the, on this show on NXT, when a guy strolls out, saunters out, you know, kind of it's about to go to a break for some reason. And it did. It did. Yep. A Baxter did a beautiful Spanish, Spanish fly. He did a springboard 450 that was damn close to getting the win. Um, Kushida gets the hoverboard lock at the top rope. He, dis- he did this DDT-like Maneuver, um, 
kicked Baxter's arm out, snapped on the hoverboard lock for good, as Baxter quickly tapped out at 10 minutes and 25 seconds. Your winner, and still NXT Cruiserweight Champion, Kushida. O'Reilly applauds, tabs Baxter on the shoulder as he leaves. He gets in the ring and he says, I want to fight the best, and you want to fight the best. You and me, next week, what do you say? Kushida accepts, and the match is booked. Yeah, could have been great uh, without the commercial. Could have been great even perhaps with picture-in-picture and Shaq selling us Papa John's for four minutes. It could have even been great in that case. But yeah, we're missing... What, four minutes out of a 10? What was the time on this? Like, what was it? Like 10.24, I believe? 10.25. There you go. So you missed 40% of this match, right? So it's hard to call it great, but still very good. Great showing by Trey Baxter. And Kushida is an incredible performer, you know? But yeah, this match wasn't quite great. Still very good, Boris. How the hell did the Jays lose? Oh, did they? Did they blow it? Just just finished 6-5. Nah, it just showed up on your phone, eh? I'm surprised. And Milwaukee's about to blow it, too. Brooklyn's pulling this one out, it looks like. I guess there's still some time on the clock, but... Yeah. Ah, man. Crazy sports. Yeah. All right. The, the, back to wrestling. The state of New York just showing up and showing out. Speaking of, you know, the uh, upper uh, east coast of the United States, we're going to go three and a half Tony Sopranos for this one. It's a 70% uh, Tony Soprano percentage. It's a B... In here in Canada, it was a good match. Could have been great if, uh, you know, things broke differently. But still a good match and quite a performance from Trey Baxter. He really impressed. Yep. Question. Yes. We've talked about this in the past, but it seems like Kushida is being treated as that NXT champion who brings these guys from 205 or the Performance Center to have a great match. Is this a good use of him as champion? Hundred thousand percent, yeah, and I think it's going to help the cruiserweight title, which needs the shot in the arm. It's growing, it's grown, you know. I I think it was really hot after the cruiserweight classic, and then it kind of took a steady downwards dive. The Neville slash Pac reign was a highlight. I think the Enzo reign was a highlight. We don't need to talk about Enzo on this podcast right now, though. But uh, yeah, I uh, I think this is probably the highest that the cruiserweight title has ever been in the company WWE. And yeah, Brooklyn is a final, 114-108 as of this moment, which I'm sure you know already because you're listening to this tomorrow morning. But <laughs> yes, anyway, uh, yeah, so this is honestly, in my, in my honest opinion, this is the highest point that the Cruiserweight title has ever been in the company WWE. WCW had higher points for sure, but in North America, this is among the best the Cruiserweight title has ever looked, which is sad. It's still not great. It still needs more work and yeah. more rehab, but it's, it's not on the world title level. But it easily could be. The World Cruiserweight title easily could be on the same level as the World Heavyweight title, much in the way that UFC is like that often, you know? like I just want the Cruiserweight title to a point where it can, you know, believably close a night, like be the main event of a show. Yeah, I think it could. I think Kyle versus Kushida for the title could easily close out next week. It'll probably be yeah. the main event. There you go. All right. So, uh, Frankie Monet is backstage with the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. Um, Monet says, Miss Mackenzie, Presley and I are here to make the people happy, and what they want is more Monet. So, next week will be the encore performance of my world premiere. She sees, she walks away. She sees Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla and goes to talk to them. Um, essentially, she was uh, saying, to them that they don't need Robert Stone anymore. He's kind of holding them back. Robert Stone comes out and, uh, you know, everything is 
Everything yeah. is fine. And Frankie was like, "Oh, I was just, I was just telling the girls that they should listen to you more." And she laughed, and I thought that was that was funny. Uh, shout out Joe Aguinaldo. My notes here read in all caps: "Frankie is a star." That's the only thing I wrote about this promo because Boris, that's the only thing you need to know about this promo. Frankie Monet is a star. She is ready for the main roster. It is just a matter of time before she's up there with Johnny Mundo. Yep. Mercedes Martinez has a promo. She says, at TakeOver, I felt the wrath of Tien Shah, but I told you before, I am the wrong person to mess with. Um, Victoria is also. I'm not going anywhere, Boa. You want to step to Mercedes? You're going to feel the steal again. Zia Lee, we're one on one. We're one and one. Anytime, honey. Anytime. Mei Ying, next time, you won't have a chance to get out of your chair because I'm going to knock you right out of it good fine promo pro wrestling promo by mercedes martinez and i'm excited for the match i wonder they've waited a long time to actually debut this character and put her in the ring and i'm excited to see what she can do all right it is time for la night's ceremony to become the million dollar champion so ted dibiase is out he says he's finally found the man who is worthy of carrying the million dollar championship. LA Knight comes in this fancy car, cigar in hand, fancy clothes. He's gone full million dollar on us. If I could just quickly butt in here just for a second, here's what I think. They should make this his full on new entrance. I, I'm sure maybe it is. If not, please do it. He rolls up in a nice car and then walks straight to the ring, kind of like a new take on a JBL or an Eddie Guerrero entrance. Uh, dare I say Alberto Del Rio. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. I'm for it. I like this a lot. I hope uh, I hope this is his new gimmick, his new official entrance. LA Knight walking out of that nice car with the million dollar title around his waist. Yep. Knight joins DiBiase in the ring. Knight says it's not often that you get your heroes um, to get to share the ring with your heroes. Knight says he can't describe how he's feeling right now to be standing with DiBiase right now. He says all the pain is 100% worth it. Knight says he had DiBiase's action figure, and it came with the million-dollar title. Knight thanks DiBiase. DiBiase says Knight earned it. It will be the honor of his life for DiBiase to officially crown him the million-dollar champion, Knight says. DiBiase says it's an honor to do it. DiBiase puts the championship on Knight's shoulder. Pyro goes off. Knight says now that he's got everything he wants, it's time to drop everything he doesn't need. This is when Knight decks. DiBiase, Knight beats the crap out of DiBiase and says he's the only million-dollar champion. Cameron Grimes hits the ring and makes the save. He boots Knight out of the ring, goes to check on DiBiase. Knight stumbles his way up the ramp with the title belt as Grimes yells at him saying, you crossed the line, you crossed it, and now you're going to pay. You hear me? So, good segment. Good, not great. I think... LA Knight's portion of this on paper it's a good idea for like this bombastic guy to actually come out and play like really serious and heartfelt and actually talk to Ted DiBiase one-on-one kind of drop the character and then ramp up the character again and turn on turn heel on him that's like that's kind of how you have to do it I think his his performance wasn't quite great I wonder if he's back there like oh man I'd like to have that one back not yeah. that I think he's bad I just think you know sometimes you hit a home run sometimes you pop up to the third baseman you know what I mean it wasn't it wasn't his best performance I wonder if it would have been better if he would have just been LA Knight the whole time yeah 
but and it, you know, I I know why they did it. I know yeah. what they were going for. Yeah. But I agree with you. I felt like this was just out of character for him. But you know, it it it, it still overall worked. Um, yeah, it's not even the out of character thing because that, like you said, that was the point. But it was like, yeah, I just feel like he didn't quite nail it the way I was hoping he would. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But but still still a good good uh, shout. It was yeah it was a good effort. It was a fine little promo, and I I I, I like this feud, and I kind of like that Ted DiBiase has now kind of turned babyface in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's always weird to see a legend being a heel, right? Like they're as as yeah. Agnew and Lavransky and everyone says on the main show. You know, there just comes a point where a legend cannot be a heel anymore. It's a great call, definitely a great call, and Ted DiBiase is clearly at that point. Yeah. Um. And at this point, I thought something, and Bob Kapoor put on the Facebook message board, and it was like, at this point, I want to see LA Knight wrestle like the Million yeah. Dollar Man, using his moves, using the you know the the knuckle. He's um, he actually has. He's, we've he's pointed used that it. Out. He's pointed out. Yeah, we've pointed that out. He's used the fist drop. He used it in the uh, ladder match, right? And yeah. I think the week uh, prior, the week as before, well. yeah. And uh, yeah, to add the million dollar dream, even to add the classic Ted DiBiase bump where you take the punch to the gut coming off the middle rope and do the front flip. Yep. That'd be great to see him start doing that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So overall, I'm really excited to see where this goes. And like we kind of predicted on Sunday, uh, the feud with Grimes and Knight continue, which is fine because they have great chemistry together. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we've seen it in a, in a couple different companies. So let's do it. Absolutely. Yep. It is time for the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, and she is with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Gonzalez says to let the way know to hold on to those belts real tight because one title isn't enough for her. Kai says tonight we take care of Casey and Caden, and then it's on to become champions for a second time. Yeah, good promo. Uh, Dakota's a, a good talker. She's Yeah, she's not like improved to like, you know, Finn Balor levels, Santos Escobar levels, but she's she's getting better. She's on the upwards trajectory of her character development. Yep. Uh, when we come back from commercial, we see this this cell phone battery icon at 11%. I am intrigued. Yep. Kai and Gonzalez are on their way to, uh, out and are confronted by Shotzi and Ember Moon. Some yelling going on. We see Regal and Joe. And no, Joe didn't choke any woman out. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, thank God. Had to make sure. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, for posterity's sake, it's important to note, yes. Yep. And this leads us into match number three, which was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Kaden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Another very interesting match here. Respect the effort. They all worked very hard. Boy, she was sloppy, though. But but still good. But they, they tried a lot of things. Boris, the word we used to describe it was ambitious. It was ambitious. <laughs> Uh, they even tried private party silly string. Um, that was interesting, and yeah. that failed horribly. To clarify, that was I don't know if it failed horribly. I thought it was okay. It was very slow. That was Casey and Caden that tried that, not yes. Raquel and Dakota. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Raquel and Kai had Rakai, as I'm going to start calling them. By God, um, Rakai had you know it, it, their typical match. Dakota Kai gets her ass kicked throughout the match, yep. tries to hot tag Raquel. Raquel is overpowering everyone, you know, and Raquel's eventually going to get the win. They're watching uh, their HBK diesel tapes, this Rakota. Rakai. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Rakota, but they could, they, we could, they could be both. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, it was, yeah, Caden and Casey, they were trying a lot of stuff. Some of it looked cool. 
as we said, some of it was ambitious, some of it didn't stick, but I really, really enjoyed the effort overall. Um, so at one point, Carter tags in, they double team Gonzalez on the apron, Casey does a hurricanrana from the apron, and Gonzalez slams her face into the into the stairs. In the ring, Catanzaro does a 450, covers Kai, but Gonzalez pulls her off the cover to the floor and throws her backwards into the pexiglass. Catanzaro goes to the top rope. Kai kicks her in the head, hits the GTK for the three at 12 minutes and 24 seconds. So your winner is Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Rakai. Yes, Rakota. Uh, Dakota pinning uh, Casey Catanzaro. Dakota, clean victory. Um, yeah, I, they bit off a lot, but I think they did a good job of chewing it. You know what I mean? There was a, a, another couple interesting moves. There was a gory bomb, Raquel with the, the gory special, into a lung blower slash code breaker. I guess it was kind of more of a lung blower than a code breaker, more to the chest than the face. But uh, yeah, some really interesting moves, and I like the I like the GTK terrible name, the unfortunately named Go To Kick. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I thought this was if if everything was executed super well in front of a hot crowd, this would have been a great match. Everything was executed pretty poorly in front of a warm crowd, so this was a good match. You know what I mean? <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying not to be too negative on this match. Like, I liked it. It was fun, but it was sloppy. It was messy. Yeah. So, you know what? We're going to leave it at that. Matt, how would you, how many Tony Sopranos would you give this? I, I, I'm torn. I think it's closer to the first match than the Kushida match. But it was, it was still very good. I could be generous and say three and a half, but we're going to go three Tony Sopranos out of five. It's a 60%. It's a C. Still still above the Mendoza line. Still a good yep. wrestling match. Yep. So three bada bings. Three bada bings. Uh, the bada bing percentage. Hey, uh, forget about it. All right. Uh, Everrise complain about Hit Row destroying their set at the pre-pre-show. They say the next time Hit Row comes knocking on their door, looking for a taste, they'll get more than they bargained for as they sip on that Steve Carino coffee. <laughs> I love these guys. These guys are great. They ring the little doorbell on the weird dollhouse thing. I, I, these guys are great. They're just, just good stuff out of the good Canadian boys, Everrise. Yep. Io Shirai is up next. She's walking through the back with a strobe light show behind her and all. Uh, when we get back from commercial, we see the battery icon at 21%. So so what's going on here? Is Chris Jericho coming back? What is this? That was my joke. Yeah. Don't say my joke. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, sorry. <laughs> 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 you stole you stole my ambitious no i'm just kidding it's, sometimes we gotta you know we gotta bounce material yeah. off each other it's all good boris but yes uh who do you think this actually is what do you think honestly going on i have no idea who this could be yeah right is this like bobby fish charging his cell phone on january 6th maybe it could be like a rebooted alistair black perhaps oh. Oh. That was my first thought because of like the whole charging, the re the recharging kind of seems like a restart, a reboot, and who could possibly be coming back? I think it could be Alistair Black. Here's what I'm thinking. I think Alistair Black and Zelina Vega are a package deal. I think they want to work together. Zelina is going to want to be his manager. I think they could be a really great, uh, you know, uh, team. They Zelina was an amazing manager for uh, El Idolo on Darade, so... I think that could be a really interesting thing. I hope they go to AEW 
because I'd rather see Alistair Black work against uh, different opponents and get a chance to actually succeed and perhaps be a world champion one day. You know what I mean? In NXT, he's already hit a ceiling. But this, in my opinion, I think this is probably, this is my guess, my official guess. It's Zelina Vega and Alistair Black. Interesting. We're going to go with that. All right. All right. We get a Great American Bash commercial, which is July 6th in three weeks. And we already have Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole for that night. And then also announced that next week on NXT TV, it's Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida and Adam Cole versus someone to be named later. Leon Ruff. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I think that's going to be the story. He's going to pick uh, like a weaker opponent and he's probably going to lose because NXT loves an underdog win. Yep. Yep. Maybe because they are the underdogs. Oh, my God. It's an existential thing, Boris. Holy crap. We're How meta. The, we're through the looking glass here. <laughs> um, the commentators thank Poppy, promote her, am, her album. Io <laughs> is out next. Uh, Io says, I'm back. I feel good. My next target is Candice LeRae's music interrupts. Uh, LeRae says, Io, a lot has changed since you've been gone. Most importantly, I am no longer an uncrowned champion. And since you're no longer the unbeatable champion, it's back to the bottom for you. I guess there's something that hasn't changed. I still can't stand you. Unfortunately for you, Io, you picked the wrong time to screw with me. Andy Hart will jump Io from behind, and the two-on-one assault begins. Shirai kicks LeRae away, gives Hartwell the 619. LeRae snags a leg from outside the ring, and Hartwell gives her the big boot. LeRae spears Shirai into the apron walls on her. Um, Hartwell clears off the announce table. LeRae spear puts her on it, telling Hartwell to get in the ring for an elbow drop. Go, go, go. This is when Zoe Stark runs down to... Um, Hartwell off before she can do the elbow drop. Stark points to Shirai as she hits a double drop kick. Baby faces shake hands in the ring as the heels back away up the entrance ramp. So it was kind of fun. Uh, you saw a mile away when uh, Candice was like, hey, go do an elbow off the top rope through the table on EO. You're just like, well, okay, someone's running in pretty soon. <laughs> that was I thought that was kind of fun. Good healing by Candice to be like, hey, go uh, murder yourself for us, please. And thank you. She's sending her, uh, you know, her troops out to battle like that. That was fun. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was a decent little segment. I love EO. I'm glad she's back. Uh, Zoe Stark, good choice. Fine. Let's do it. Yep. All right. The one thing I noticed in this promo, while EO was in the middle of the ring, the hard cam, all you saw were shorts, knees, stomachs. In the crowd. Not, not Eos. I, guess I was going to say, well, I don't really have a problem with that. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So you're saying the hard cam work was not up to your standard, Boris. Not even my standard. It's just like it got, <laughs> like, I don't know why. It's just all I started seeing was, like, the background, which huh. is the people's, you know, yeah, the, unmentionables. The, the people's unmentionables. I feel like that's a rock promo waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, again, small, minor nitpick, but... Um, I guess, yeah. It just... I'll, I'll have to rewatch and look out for the genitals of the internet wrestling community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, this show of ours tonight. Um, and the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with William Regal and Samoa Joe. They Samoa Joe. They walk outside. She asks how they think the night is going. And we get a hard cut production issue. And we get cut straight to Thatcher and Champa as they walk through the back. MSK are having some popcorn. Thatcher steals the popcorn from Nash Carter and eats some. 
Yeah, little uh, little uh, WCW Russo slash TNA Russo slash just poor production uh, there from NXT. A rare production gaffe, dare I say. Yeah, but it happens from time to time on NXT. It's not just developmental for the wrestlers. Yeah, right, exactly. I guess uh, we said rare, but you were just ripping them about the hard cam previously. So a rough kind of five minutes for NXT it was. Yep. Um, Champa Thatcher on their way out for their t- tornado tag team match. Uh, we go to commercial. We see another Diamond Mine promo with more people working out, hitting the gym bags, doing MMA-like action, and they say it is opening next week. So, Matthew, Mateo, yes. Matthias, yes. Mateus, Mathomaliu. <laughs> Mathomaliu? Um, Mathomaliu. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you think Diamond Mine is? Uh, my first my first uh, thought was it's maybe going to be Tessa Blanchard. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's really going to be what it is. So I don't know. I don't really have a I don't really have a sweet call like my Alistair Black call. I uh, yeah, let's I'm going to stick with the original horse that I backed and say in a dark horse, it's going to be Tessa Blanchard. All right. Well, you said CM Punk. Well, actually, well, uh, yeah, my I was the entire time I said heart says CM Punk, but I don't actually think it's going to be CM Punk, but yeah. I hope it's CM Punk. Yeah. But, but do you think it's weird that they had have had had have 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 it have it? I think it's have it. Yes. Continue. <laughs> um, these <laughs> diamond mind promos and that cell phone icon battery promo on the same night. Like no, all these re- teases. Not really. I think you can tease a couple things. And they said that this is happening next week. Right. The mm. cell phone thing seems like it's going to take. Where did they where did they end off? 25%? So yep. it's going to take at least like 25, Four. 30, 30, 40, 44, 62, you know, in, in normal increments. No, it's going to go 25, 50, 75, and then we're going to have in three weeks at the Great American Bash, Boris, by God, we're going to have someone come back. So, yeah, that makes sense, right? So Jericho's coming back at Great American Bash. It's the only thing that possible makes sense. You heard it here first. No, that's not. I uh, a- Anyway, I don't think it's too much, especially because they're ending this Diamond Mine thing immediately. So yeah, next week we're going to see what it's all about. That's cool. Okay. Um, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with William Regal and Samoa Joe yet again. She asked the same question, which was how they think the night went. But before we can get an answer, they get interrupted by Johnny Gargano and Diesel Austin Theory. Austin Diesel Theory. Austin Unleaded Theory. Unleaded Theory. <laughs> theory Unleaded Austin. I don't know. Austin Theory. And he's ch- they're both chanting Joe, Joe, Joe. Gargano says Joe is exactly what this place needs. Um, Joe says, Johnny, can you do me a big favor? Gargano says, anything what? Joe says, get out. Gargano says, all right, man, good talk. Pete Dunn comes in, stares a hole through Samoa Joe, and Regal says, gentlemen, please. Yeah, cool. So, again, seeds are being planted. I'm sure Samoa Joe might wrestle one day. Or maybe he's just going to ru- ru- you know, drive to the ring in a quad and uh, <laughs> stone cold stunt people. <laughs> maybe that's going to be his uh, overall role in this program. His GM role. It'll be like Austin GM circa 2004. Exactly. Exactly right. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. But you know what? At this exact moment, I'm I'm liking everything that we're seeing. Yep. All right. And this leads us into match number four, which was the main event, which was a tornado tag match, which featured the grizzled young veterans. And they faced off against Champa and Thatcher. So before we start talking about this match, Tag Team Tornado Rules. No tags, no DQs, 
No countouts? Apparently so. And they didn't say that. I think they could specify. They could have called this like a street fight or something rather than a tornado tag, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah, it would have been nice to do like a come as you are, like, you know, bunkhouse street fight kind of thing, you know? Yep. 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 I think and that maybe could have helped like the old school feel. But maybe they didn't want to do like a street fight. They wanted to do like a traditional, more traditional match because Thatcher is more of that traditional kind of yep. wrestler. And this is now, more of that serious team. I don't know. It is a weird choice, though. Now, original thought. This match needed a second referee. <laughs> Stealing all my points, Boris. <laughs> this match did need a second referee. In kayfabe, this poor referee was overtasked trying to keep this together. He never left the ring, too. He was just sitting there in the corner when these guys were beating the shit out of each other on the outside. For the most part, he did leave the ring. But, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Rarely. Like, he was just, yeah, it was strange. They should have had two or three referees just yeah. to, add to the add to the chaotic feel and to help communicate things. Yeah, that 100%. Like, you brought up a great point. And I was, it's funny because I literally just typed, like, you know, it's very chaotic. This match needs something else. Like, you know, from a just from a pure presentation point of view, a kayfabe point of view. Yes, exactly. You know, needed that second referee. So I 100% agree with you and your point. <laughs> very good. All right. So this match in general is exactly what you thought this match was going to be. Every kick, every slap, every punch looked like they landed. At one point, Champa was stomping on um, someone's head. I forget. I do forget as well. Yes, but I know what you're referring to. Yeah, and it just—he looked like this man. He's just an angry, surly bastard. This Tommaso Champa. Yeah, this was yeah. a hard-hitting fight. Seventeen minutes of just war, just beating the crap out of each other. Very good throughout the commercial uh, commercial break. Just yeah, just an all-out war between these yep. two teams. Yep, Champa did an air raid crash from the top rope. Uh, Grizzled Young Veterans did a Tope Suicida Doomsday Device on Champa. So, I I would have, uh, you know what? I, I think they treated this with like enough severity. They they treated it like it could have killed Champa. I think they could have like put Champa out for like weeks with this move, though. You know what I mean? Like with his neck injury and stuff, it was a very safe bump. Which was interesting because yeah. Beth Phoenix literally like earlier in the match, they were going to do yeah. a regular or their like, you know, doomsday device, the the, the uh, European uppercut. Um, yeah. And Beth Phoenix made a point of saying, hey, you know, with Chapa's neck injury, this could really put him out of action, blah, blah, blah. Great job. She's right. I'm glad that they, I agree. I'm glad that they, you know, highlighted that. But at the end, it was just kind of like a spot to... Make you believe that the save would not come, but indeed it did come. Yep. And Ciampa shook it off. Yep. At one point, Ciampa accidentally caught uh, Thatcher with a big boot. Uh, the faces were covered in time for Ciampa to hit a second rope air raid crash for a near fall. Drake and Ciampa exchanged body chops before Gibson got involved to set up an elevated suicide dive to take out Ciampa, which we just talked about. Um, Liverpool's finest himself found himself at a disadvantage alone against Thatcher, but Drake got involved to set up an elevated backstabber. Champa stirred just enough to break up the bin to break up the pinfall. Boris, speak English. Yes. The grizzled young veterans tried to send Champa through the announce table. Instead, Gibson took an over-the-shoulder pal driver on it, which it didn't break. This left Drake alone to take the fairy tale ending, then tap out to an armbar ankle lock submission at 17 minutes and 12 seconds. So your winners were the team of Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Toothless Thatcher. Yeah, and at the end of the match, uh, Ciampa shouts into the camera, this is our takeover. And it seemed like you said he was starting to say we want the champions before the uh, show 
uh, went to its final segment. But yep. yeah, kind of cut off Champa as he was yelling something, but it seemed like he was about to challenge the tag team champions. Yep. Um, let's talk, let's let's finish talking about this match before the uh, the, the final ending. segment. Yeah, I thought this was great. I thought this was by far safely the best match on the show. In 100%. fact, you can talk me into it being even better than anything on the Takeover show. I'd be able, I'd be willing to hear that uh, that uh, conversation. You know what? It was longer than the match that I liked the most on the Takeover show, which was the opener. Uh, it wasn't as long or as chaotic as the you know main event, but the main event was kind of just a collection of moves where Karrion Cross beat every relevant NXT wrestler ever. So, you know, your mileage may vary on that one. I thought this was a really, really great, hard-hitting match. It was exactly what I wanted and, frankly, what I expected because all four of these guys are good wrestlers. Yep, I agree 100%. Um, you know, and this goes back to the discussion that I know we've had a thousand times and we're going to have it again just because I think it's, it brings up a very good and important point. And that is, you know, clearly AW is the same way where, you know, TV is more important than pay-per-views right now. Like you're going to get bigger matches often on TV than pay-per-view. I disagree. Uh, wholeheartedly. I disagree with both of the things you just said. It's not like that in AEW at all. I don't even know how you can say that. And I don't think it's like that in NXT either. I think they just, they needed a good main event and they wanted to, uh, they, you know, they wanted to give these guys the proper amount of time that they needed. So they, they just needed a main event for this show and they decided to make it this match. I, I think, I think that's all that this was in AEW, you know, stadium stampede and Kenny Omega's title matches and the young bucks title matches for the most part, like the big ones against like Moxley and stuff. Those, those happen on pay-per-view, man. You know? Yeah. Well, blood and guts didn't. Well, that's one, that's one match. I can think of others. I will think of others. <laughs> I'm going to prove my point. Right. No, but like, I guess I shouldn't say bigger, but you know, TV seems to really take a uh, huge, yeah. like TV, TV is more important now than it's ever been because the TV contracts are worth so much. And you know what I mean? TV ratings are kind of down across the board. So it's really important that they get viewers. So TV matches. Yes, I agree. You know what though? I'd much prefer to watch a match on pay-per-view because you don't get the commercials. So how many times have we talked on this show that a match was ruined or, you know, it got a lower star rating because the commercial just like, you know, blew the hot air out of the match. Exactly. It's not like, like we're not trying to be like nitpicky about it. It just really does. It just hurts when you know, a thing is 10 minutes and four of those minutes you're watching a commercial. Exactly. That that's the unfortunate part, but like, here we are, right? This is the, the new normal, the new reality of wrestling where their TV partners are paying billions of dollars. So yeah, more, more bigger matches, more big matches are happening on TV. Yes. But I think the vast majority of the biggest matches still do happen on pay-per-view. You know what? You're right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to send your own point. Yes. All right. You're right. All Uh, right. If I had to put a, if I had to put a bada bing uh, percentage on this one, we're going to go as high as four and a quarter. That's an 85%. That's a full a, this was an amazing match. It held my attention throughout the picture in picture. I don't even remember what uh, they were selling me on the USA network. I thought this was a really good wrestling match. All four guys look good. I do worry that the grizzled young veterans are becoming uh, shithead jobbers. They just lose every important match, but whatever. That's a different uh, nitpick for a different time. Exactly. Um, so there you go. So the last segment saw the hardest working reporter in all professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, outside with Regal and Joe. Regal sends, I think things are going to be a little different around here. Joe says, night one of many. Regal says, shall we? They both depart. 
in a limousine, which is actually hilarious because a lot of people, at least four of us, yeah. on the message board, on the Facebook group, thought the exact same thing. And that was, it brought us back to McMahon leaving in the limo and the limo exploding. And uh, future President Donald Trump calling him to make sure he was actually still alive. I love that. Yeah. 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 Yep. 70 million people. 70 million. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> But yeah, yeah, man. I, I, it's funny how many wrestling fans just immediately we see we see like a weird ominous shot of a limo and it kind of doesn't have a payoff. You're like, huh? This thing's gonna explode. You know? Yep. It, that really stuck in wrestling fans' minds. Uh, clearly, that was like a David Lynchy episode. You ever go back and watch that McMahon Mania episode? It was like McMahon Appreciation Raw and it ends with him dying. Yeah. It was like the most David Lynchy crazy episode of Raw in history, and that's covering a lot of ground. I'll never forget. Was it Paul London with that like weird yeah. shit face grin? Yeah, he, had? he got like fired like a couple weeks after I think for that. Like, yeah, he was not. Yeah, that was not what they wanted. Yeah, but I thought that was great. I actually thought that helped the whole like weird hazy dreamish vibe it yep. had. David um, Lynch is the perfect way to describe that. Yeah, I mean for sure. But yeah, this was not that. This was just a normal uh, thing to close the show. The the limo just drove away. Yep. Um, so overall, what did you think of the show? How would you rate the show? Uh, it, was, it was good, not great. We're going to go three and a half uh, Tony Sopranos out of five. It was like a seven. You know, there was there were some good things. Uh, opening promo, brilliant. Main event, great. Uh, some weird stuff in the middle. Um, I'm still worried about the overall direction of the show, but I'm still with it till the bitter end. So, yep. Yep, exactly. But you know what? If tonight's any indication, at least, you know what? We're going to have some fun stories. I think Samoa Joe is going to add at least something different yeah. to the mix. He's going to help. We we watch the show every week. So at the end of the day, I'm not complaining. Like, he's going to make our show better that we watch, that we cover. So hooray. <laughs> yep. It is time for NXT UK Corner, where we quickly review NXT UK. And I think this week, it's going to be me yeah. quickly reviewing things. Sorry, Boris, you're driving the uh, red double-decker bus here for NXT UK uh, this evening. I, I unfortunately have not watched the show. Busy week for me. I am probably actually I have a little time after this podcast, and I'm wide awake now. I'm probably going to go back and watch the main event of this show if we still have it on the DVR, Boris. Should be, it should still be there. Awesome. Yeah, I think I'm going to check that out tonight because uh, I really want to see this main. But uh, yeah, please get into the show. What, what did I miss? All right. So the show started off with a Walter promo. Oh, damn it. How dare I miss this? The great yep. Volta. Walter says um, this is the first time that he's come out since NXT UK Prelude. He points out that he defended the NXT UK title twice in one week. On two different continents, this now makes the NXT UK Championship the most prestigious title in professional wrestling. Walter's motivation and mission has not changed to respect and restore the honor of this great sport. Then he calls himself the forever champion, just like Kay Lee Ray has been doing. Uh, Subculture. So that was the promo. Cool. It was fantastic. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I like a yeah. Walter promo. I think he's, you know, I, I'm glad that they're giving him more time. I, I like the whole, like, V for Vendetta things that they were doing with him, like, the propaganda master. So, yeah, yep. I, I like that he's getting some mic time. Yep. 
Subculture cuts a promo discussing how Joseph, Connors, and Ginny have been mistreating them, but that'll change next week when Flash, Morgan, and Danny Luna fight those bullies. Uh, this leads us into Saxon Huxley versus your man, Mr. Big Head himself, Jordan Devlin. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, oh. Yeah, you know what? Jordan Devlin, whatever. I don't I don't have the burning hatred for him that I once did, but just everyone has those guys where they just don't like him. You know what I mean? For his ango. Yeah, right? God bless him. Like, you know, I respect his effort. He's working in a business that's incredibly taxing on your body and your mind, and he's doing a great job and good for him. But yeah, I just he's I'm not a fan. He's not for me. Yep, so Jordan Devlin won with the Ireland's call for a pinfall victory. It was an okay match. You know, if I had to give this a number, I would give it a three. Cool. It was just above average, but it wasn't anything really special. Dope. Yeah, sounds sounds to me like Jordan Devlin, buddy. <laughs> um, Andy Wilde and Dan Maloney versus a Symbiosis. Uh, Pretty Deadly comes out to join Andy and Nigel on commentary. Uh, they do their thing, um, but again, I'm actually kind of surprised that they, they did not interfere in this match um andy wilde and dan maloney did a good job making symbiosis look good here and this is decently an entertaining tag match um yeah so it was you know it was, it was pretty good it was it was fun it, it was what it was solid uh um, who is symbiosis i'm not familiar with their work i do not recall oh, I, uh, very yeah good. i just wrote it really quick after uh, the fact yeah fine well we'll get that for you next week yep uh, we got more promos. Um, we see Mark Coffey, Wolfgang, and in Sid Scala's office arguing about who's the better wrestler. Sid says he'll give them a chance to prove them to prove that in singles matches when guard well barges into the office. The Muttermouth does what he does and then leaves. And Wolfgang is the first to call dibs on a match. So next week we get Wolfgang versus Gradwell. After the tag match, we see. Teoman sitting at a fancy dinner table with some ominous orchestral strings playing in the background. He warns Oliver Carter to stay out of his business or else he'll put both Oliver and Ashton in the hospital. He then goes into a mildly confusing bit about how Ashton isn't family, so Oliver wouldn't visit. It was not, it didn't hit. But this leads us into the main event. Here we go. Which was for the women's championship. Michael Setamora versus K. Lee Ray. This is exactly what you thought it would be. It was fan-fucking-tastic. Awesome. Yeah, definitely worth seeking out. Definitely worth going out of your way to watch this kind of this match. Their previous match, I thought, was really, really good. Uh, last year, I believe, right? It wasn't this year? Yeah, last year. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, so, Satamora hits a Scorpio Rising, pins Kaylee Ray for the pinfall victory. Uh, the final boss... Michael Setamora has defeated the forever champion to become the new NXT UK women's champion. It was honestly, I would have to give this 4.5 stars. 4.5. So we say that's a classic wrestling match. And yeah, like a no doubter match of the year contender. And we'll probably be like, to, like worst top 10, top 20 in a great year. I would say top 20. In a great year. Yeah. So yeah, in wrestling, right? You know, there's a lot of great matches these days. So that's that's a high praise, Boris. That's high praise. Yep, it was a very, 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 very good match. And I, if there's yeah. one match that everyone has to watch, it is this: uh, Michael Setamora versus K. Lee Ray. Awesome! Very excited to check that out. All right, 
before we go, we have one last bit of business to get to. Matthew, it's pick contest time. Yes, sir. All right. So let's load this up here. So in the previous show in NXT in your house, Boris and I both went three and two in that show. Three wins, two losses. Our two losses, I picked Cameron Grimes. I thought it made sense because he was the focal point of every single one of the segments. But no, they went with LA Knight. He's a heel. That's fine. Boris in the in the Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight ladder match, Boris selected Jake Atlas, which did not come true. Hopefully he doesn't get fired like last time that I selected somebody who was off the board. Um, in the uh, winner-take-all six-man tag team match, I correctly selected uh, MSK and Bronson Reed. Boris went with his boys, Legato, perhaps a heart pick over the head. And in the main event, I, for some reason, went with Johnny Gargano because I'm an idiot. And it was clearly carrying cross, and I outsmarted myself there. So we are both three and two on our last show. Overall standings, again, I took a bath going 0-7 on the NWA, which sewered my score to below Baltimore Orioles, Orioles levels, as we say every week on the show. Boris's record, 23 wins, 9 losses. And my record, I am 9 games back, 14 wins, 18 losses. That's impressive for me. Yeah, it's not bad, man. You're doing really well. I just gotta I just gotta stay perfect and just gotta get above this Mendoza line. So Boris, we only have five matches currently for Hell in a Cell. That's all we're gonna pick. And we're gonna start with uh spooky Alexa Bliss versus your girl Shayna Baszler. Alexa. Yep. I agree. I also have Alexa written down. Raw women's title, Ray Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, you see, this one's a hard one yeah. because it's Charlotte. Anything can happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think they are going to give uh, Ripley, the win yeah. over Charlotte. So I agree with almost everything you said. It is Charlotte, and anything can happen. So I pick Charlotte. I'm going with Charlotte Flair there. Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the SmackDown women's title. It's got to be Bianca. Yeah, it has to be Bianca. Way too early to get that belt off Bailey. Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns in Hellular in a Cellular. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's clearly Roman. It's gotta be. Yeah. But here's a question. Yes. Will Dominic betray his father on Father's Day? (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Yeah. They're gonna do that. Vince McMahon? Oh, yeah. For sure. Wait, are they still tag team champions? Yep. Oh, maybe not then. Maybe. No, you know what's gonna happen is on Father's Day, Dominic is gonna have to watch his father get fucking murdered by Roman Reigns. That's what's gonna happen. (laughs) I love love WWE. (laughs) Oh, that's great. All right. Main event, Drew Mack versus Lashley. Hellular. Lashley. Yeah, man. You know what's funny is I would have said Drew Mack up until last uh, Monday's Raw. Last night's Raw. I guess two nights ago's Raw when you're listening to this. And at that point, when Drew actually beat him in a non-title match with his finish clean, it's just like, why are they going to do that again in the pay-per-view? So, yeah, I think Lashley is retaining. I think they decided to keep the belt on Lashley until at least SummerSlam. So, the yep. only thing we defer on this show, my friend, is Rio versus Charlotte. We picked everything else the same. Again, last show we were both three and two. Boris nine games up on me. Twenty-three wins to fourteen in the pick contest. I'm loving it. All right, there was one more thing I wanted to shout out as well, which was the. Uh, did you see the uh, Stardom match that's getting a lot of buzz? Yep. You watched it? 
Well, no, no, no. I, oh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, okay. I haven't watched it yet. All right, so we're going we're gonna to watch that, and we're going to talk about that next week as well. All right, we're going to do that. Cool. But yeah, I heard it was an in, like an, a 1,000% classic, like, you know, five-star type of match. So, okay, that match was Siuri versus Utami Haya Shishita, I believe they're pronounced. So, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited to check that out. Haven't seen it yet, so I'll check out that. Definitely check out the NXT women's uh, match as well, and we will get back to you on those two matches next week. Yep. All right, so before we go, there is one last bit of business, and that is, you know, we try to have three segments a week. I think more. Eh, just becomes a little too long. Yeah. Um, so we try to stick to three segments. So as that's long as NXT review, NXT UK corner, and a kind of a third bonus thing. Yeah. So if there's the pick contest, we typically do the pick contest. If there's, you know, no pick contest, we usually do the pop rant or the great debate. So we thought of a great debate topic that we're going to talk about probably next week. Yeah. Um, which kind of goes against what I just said, but we'll fit it in. Um, and that is... About Samoa Joe, and we're going to talk about whether he is better off in NXT or anywhere else. So yeah, a little teaser. We'll so Boris and I are each gonna, you know, think of our arguments. We're not gonna tell you which side of the fence we're on, but we're each gonna think of our arguments and we'll present them to you. And if you have any other ideas for future great debate topics, love to hear them. We'd love. Please reach out to us, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll think about it. We'll incorporate them in. Yep. And there's many ways that you can reach out to us, and probably the easiest way to get a hold of us is actually through the Facebook message group. Uh, we're both there, SNME Radio. I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this is there as well. Um, so you can just, uh, you know, tag us on a post or in the um, the actual uh, episode post. You can just add your comments. Um, let us know what side of the fence you are on for our topic next week. Samoa Joe, NXT, or versus anywhere else. Um you can also find us on the social medias and you can find us on specifically Twitter and Instagram at NXT TLK podcast. That's at NXT talk podcast. You can also email us show at NXT TLK podcast.com. That's show at NXT talk podcast.com. Um, if you like merch, you can get all the SNME radio merch on at ballergear.ca uh, soon you're going to find some uh, NXT talk merch that's going to be fun um, make sure to listen to all the other shows you got the midweek market with Mark and Jason where they talk about everything about their lives about everything else except and oh, well, unfortunately they also talk about Raw uh, you got the old fucks AEW podcast all elite weekly with Joe and Dan you got the main show which you get early you got the East Coast dads with their Smackdown review um, you know you might be getting more content from from us very soon you also have the extras like Jason's trivia show Dr. Mouth's rock and roll lunch party you got round tables and so much more birthday so, celebrations big deck energy all kinds of fun exactly so i want to thank everyone for listening for being part of the crew for you know supporting us first you know just 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 listening and having fun and uh, interacting with us we do appreciate everything we are the young guns the show is nxt talk he's matt i'm boris good night go jays Go Habs! Yeah, yeah, yeah!